Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. I said mind the table, didn't I? I said mind the table. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... (laughs) Hello, Leicester Square Theatre on International Women's Day Week! Month, season. And I am a feminist, but... The other day, my friend and I were looking at some Botticelli's And I said, can you imagine how hot I would have been then? Because they all kind of have, like the women in the paintings, all have sort of smallish breasts and large thighs and bums. Like I would have been like the Kate Moss, the Beyonce of that time. Like I would have been. And she looked at me and went, yeah, with fewer rights though. And I went, I went, oh yeah. So, Just a week. I want a week there. I don't want to live there, but if someone could teleport... A weekend. I'd do a weekend. I would do an afternoon with Botticelli. He could paint me once, take me twice, zap me back. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... (laughs) Number one, I thought you were talking about Botticelli, a cheese. Okay. (laughs) Let's get it. Uh, I'm a feminist, but there is a very uh, misogynistic phrase in Australia that men use to women who look stressed to dehumanise them. And the phrase is, you need a root. And it means you need sex. I know, disgusting. Like, oh, she probably needs a root. Absolutely revolting, right? I'm a feminist, but sometimes I do just need a root. Sometimes I just need a root. Sometimes I am on my period. I'm a feminist, but... So, uh, I knew that my neighbours were away and I listened to the whole of the R. Kelly back (laughs) catalogue. And it was so good! I fucking loved it! I'm I'm gonna go out on a large limb here and say it's not okay, no matter who's left the street. I mean... (laughs) No matter who's in, no matter who's out, you know. I do have a soft spot. You know what my, my, my song is, Michelle, for my, hus- my husband and my song? No. It's the remix to Ignition. <laughs> I, I'm saying, if you, like, listen, that is a big black wedding song as well, actually, Deborah. Hot, hot, like, that's, a, that's a banger. Hot and that's fresh a banger. from the kitchen. Yeah. Mama rolling that body. Don't Got do that, please. It's, it, mate, it's, it's hurting me. It, I had no, that no, no, my, fake, no, thank you. I had it at my wedding, but we didn't know. We didn't know. I mean... Wait, you didn't know what? The, what hold on, oh, where did you get married? T- hold on, have you heard about R. Kelly? <laughs> no, I, no, 
know, but that's why I, when you say you didn't know, I'm like, when did you get married? 2008. Oh, yeah, fine. Okay. <laughs> we, we knew, but we didn't know, no. Yeah, well, this is the thing. We knew, but it's, we were like, well, these no, are I fucking I feel that bangers. about Louis C.K. We didn't know, no. But we knew. But I, we knew something. There was rumours on the internet. We, we looked away from them. So we're ashamed. This is why it's called the Feminist Confessional. I'm a feminist, but... Uh, backstage, uh, we were just talking about the various um, zoos and aquariums and attractions of Sydney, and Felicity Ward uh, said, oh, you should go to the bird show. Sorry about the accent. Um, and apologise, I should apologise. Listen, you just need a route. Um, Is that kind of night? And uh, she said you should go to the bird show. And Deb said, I've never been to a bird show. And I said, it's called The Guilty Feminist. Enjoy your special day, women. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... Recently, I went to a cafe and was buying myself cup of coffee and some cake and some guy in the queue turns to me and goes you women and your cake (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I turned around him stood my ground and went (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) sold him what what comebacks did you think of on the way home though Oh, it was it was less one-liners and more like writing essays on a oh, number post. of levels of why that was the wrong thing the, to say. The, the esprit de blog post, yes, or the yeah. bro- blog post escalier. Yeah, yes, that's really exactly. that's a better joke than you're giving it credit for. <laughs> it's like you know esprit de escalier, the wit of the staircase. Okay, no, all right. It means that the funny the French say it, it means the funny thing you think of on the staircase on the way out the door. Yeah. Okay, now you know that. <laughs> Let me try again. Oh, so set me up again. Oh, uh, what, was, what did you think of? Uh, was, what witty things do you think of? I was just writing an essay on all of the things that was wrong with that phrase. Ah, uh, the esprit de blog post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I fucked it up. There's nothing that could be done. My turn? Mm. Okay. I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> Honestly, I think it would just be funnier if Grace just stacked it on the table. (laughs) So sorry. No women were injured in the making of this International Women's Day show. Well, one woman was, but none were killed yet. No, no, we don't know what the body count will be like at the end. So, uh, I'm a feminist, but... Well, I changed it to that because I thought it'd be fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> apparently Felicity thought that was a practice go, and now you've got to do another one. Oh. <laughs> now it's awkward. No, I just wanted to make sure you had the space because it's the first time. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's really nice. What a sister. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so your sister Felicity has pointed out you might want more space and time. You don't, you don't have to. Okay, no, fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. She... I'm a feminist. But I think it's bullshit I had to lift this up because all women are fucking five foot two and under. Are we ready to start the show? Then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist International Women's Day special at the Les Square Theatre. Please give it up for Michelle Deswartz, Helen Bauer, Grace Petrie, Felicity Ward and Ellie Dixon. 
So it's the International Women's Day special. Uh, we are sold out, but there are three seats there in the front row and two seats there in the front row. And my theory is, because this always happens, my theory is men's rights activists buy them <laughs> to deplete my front row. Like, what is happening when people buy these tickets? I think they just end up on the wrong side of London and they forget the day and then they go, oh, I thought it was 7.30. I bet you anything, loads of people are going to turn up at 7.30. It's a 6.30 show because there's a show after us and we wanted lots of elastic. If you've been to a Guilty Feminist show before, you know that it never fucking ends. So if you were hoping, you were thinking, oh, a 6.30 show, we'll be able to catch a movie and go to Chinatown. You won't. You won't. I hope you've eaten. If not, they sell Maltesers at the bar. Um, is everyone having a good International Women's Day week season so far? Yeah! I'm delighted it's turned into a week, but I always do think, I don't know how men cope with having all the other days, because it's very tiring. Um, I, this cannot go out on the podcast, just to be clear, but I forgot my glasses. That's not the bit that can't go out on the podcast. That's, that's very tame, isn't it? So that's really something like Michael McIntyre would do. Um, I actually have got, don't mean to brag, but I'm forced to, I have got better than 2020 vision. Yeah, a lot of people don't know there's better than 2020. Who knew there was better than 2020? Give us a cheer. Who thought 2020 was top marks? That's what I thought, but my optician told me that 2020 vision is like a 2-1 university degree. It's, it's good, it's good, and it's what most people have who have good vision, but you can have first-class vision like me. Which is good, because I do not have a first-class degree, which I now blame retrospectively on ADHD. But my reading vision, so I can see, you know, you could stand all the way over there and I could see you perfectly, but if you had something on your T-shirt, wouldn't have a fucking clue. Because it's reading vision is, you know, it's too much time on the screens or whatever. Um, and I got in a cab tonight because I had all this stuff with me, you know, for the show. And, you know, I had this sparkly sequined bolero. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is from State of Disarray. They are a really ethical feminist company. Oh, there's a big group of State of Disarray fans back there. Give us a cheer if you love State of Disarray. You go on the website and you can see all the people who make it. And it's all really fabulously done. Very feminist and sort of affordable, but reassuringly not six quid, if you see what I mean. Um... <laughs> Because no matter what people say, if they're selling boleros with sequins on them for six quid, no. Um, so anyway, I had all this stuff. So I jumped in a taxi and uh, realised when I was halfway here, I was like, oh no, I forgot my reading glasses and I really, really do need them. I, I don't know, I didn't plan on telling you this. I'm so sorry, I shouldn't be telling you this. So I rang Tom, who's my husband and also produces this show, and went, oh, Tom, I'm sorry, can you make the things on the clipboard bigger? Can you pre-print them out? Because I'm, I haven't got my glasses and I'm really worried about it and I want the show to go really well and there's lots of people on the bill and I've got to remember a lot of things. And I just really, I just, I, I'm thinking about, should I go back for them? But then I'm thinking, no, because I want to be there on time, blah, 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 blah. And is there any way you can help me? And a voice at the other end of the phone said, well, you really can't see because you've called the wrong Tom. <laughs> And I looked at the phone at a distance and realised the Tom I'd called, I thought was in prison. <laughs> Not a good guy. Um, he claims he didn't do it. But guys... It's, it's not looking good. And I just bit my tongue from saying, oh, I thought you were in jail. And just went, oh, sorry, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I really can't see anything, can't 
see anything at all. Can't see anything at all. Can't see anything. <laughs> and I, what I didn't say was, you know, I, I never didn't know you had ADHD. Um, I've got ADHD too, but it hasn't made me do what you've done. Because that was his defence. I really wish I could... Some people know who it is now, don't they? Just give us a cheer if you know who it is. Not a cheer, to be fair. <laughs> give, us, give us a disapproving mm, if you know who it is. Yeah, just a couple of people. Yeah, that's who I called. But why? Because Tom Allen is higher in the phone than Tom Prison. I don't understand how it happened. I started looking at all the Toms I could have called. DJs, hairstylists, a, a guy who fixed my sink. So many Toms in my phone. Of comedians, Tom Tuck, Tom Bell, Tom Baston. I don't have his number, but I could have had it. Can you imagine? I even had an email address in there for Tom Hiddleston, it turns out. I didn't know I had his email. That's right. Okay, so that can't go in the podcast, obviously. But I just wanted to tell you. I mean, maybe I've said it in a way that it can. Can it, Tom? I mean, it, I suppose he could sue me from prison. Um, they used to own comedy, those guys. Not any fucking more. The theme for this year's International Women's Day is equity. Did you see that? Equity. Yeah, it's... Um, did you, you're, you're murmuring? Yeah. So I looked it up, you know, that way of like, oh, the dictionary defines equity, because I thought, what, what, you know, I sort of know, obviously know what it means, but I was just like looking it up. The two top definitions for equity that come up, if you Google it, is one, the quality of being fair and impartial. For example... Use in a sentence, equity of treatment. Definition two, the value of the shares issued by a company. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. He owns 82% of the group's equity. And that's why we need the first definition. He owns 82%. Can you just... Can you just confirm that's the genuine definition on yeah. Google? He owns... Oh, hold on. It might be 62%. I haven't got my glasses. <laughs> it's, it's the point still stands. He owns over... He... He... There's no they there. There's no she there. He. It should be a they. It should be they own. Surely, when one person who's obviously a cis white man. It doesn't say that, but we know that it is. We know that that's a cis white man. At best, he's gay. We know that. We know that. He's probably not, but he might be. But he's definitely... He's not... I'll tell you that for nothing. He's not trans. Unless he's Stephen Bartlett, he's white. I'm, I kind of love Stephen Bartlett. Yeah, do you as well? But you said that in a way of, like, you fancy Stephen Bartlett. I sort of meant, because I like his interviewing style and stuff. Um, but you mean, yeah. Um, so does anybody here have any International Women's Day plots and plans? Um, anyone want to tell us about anything they're doing? No. Okay. All right. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Coming here. It's a low bar, isn't it? Uh, coming here to watch women confess their worst hypocrisies. Um, thank you very much. No, no, no. Thank you very much for coming here. And uh, it, not just you. I should thank everyone for that. Thank you for coming here! Um, 
So I normally ask, uh, at the moment, this year I've been asking, has anybody got an act of feminism that they've done they'd like to share with us? And I request that the first one is a, how can I put this, uh, an act of feminism that will intimidate nobody. If someone could encourage other people by telling us something that's sort of, you know, you could sort of just about justify it as feminism. So uh, one week someone put a hand up and she said, um, I just walked out of the house tonight and left my husband with the kids and didn't tell him anything about what needed to be done <laughs> deliberately before coming here. So I think that's a great... It's a great accessible act of feminism. We all enjoy it. We all understand it. But let's be honest, it's not in any way uh, probably going to change a, a generation. Um, it will have changed that man's night. She actually said, I turned the phone off. I, he doesn't know whether they have swimming, what the homework is, where their pyjamas are. He doesn't know anything. She was so happy. And there were other women in the audience going, yay! Um, so has anyone got anything unintimidating that they have done? Yes? What's your name? BT. BT, and what have you done, BT? My boss comes in quite a lot and says, hello, ladies. And I say, don't call me a lady. And he says, what should I call you? I say, feminist hero. Yay! <laughs> BT! We love that. Oh, that's good. That's a good response. We should put that in guilty feminist canon, that if you say, don't call me love, well, what should I call you? A feminist hero. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Okay, that's now in canon. And maybe we should get some feminist hero, guilty feminist t-shirts. I love that. And on the back, it should just say, trademark BT. Um, anyone else got anything? Yes? Yes? Um, so I'm challenging the 27th sexual freedom awards because their trophy is a golden flying penis. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes? Okay, you're... Sorry, say it again. You're challenging the... The 27th Sexual Freedom Awards. The 27th Sexual Freedom Awards because the icon, the trophy, which they designed 27 years ago, is a golden flying penis with wings. Why? Was it that originally because of gay pride? Why was it that? Because patriarchy. Because... Gender freedom, though. So this is about um, sexual freedom awards, like they're honouring and supporting um, diverse uh, sections. Uh, uh, what's the word? Oh, like a, they're offering, they're they're honouring somebody queer. So now it's about uh, sex worker of the year, strictest artist of the year, sexologist of the year. Sex worker of the year. Pioneer of the year. So it's like inclusive, but their award is a penis. Okay, all right, and not everyone who's up for this award has a penis. And you're nominated and you don't have a penis. And so you don't want to... Can we ask why you're nominated? Because that sounds feminist. You're uh, nominated as sexologist of the year. Yeah, I think there should at least be an option. So it could be sex worker of the year, sexologist of the year. It could be somebody who's involved in adult entertainment of the year. But it, it shouldn't be a one penis fits all. Because we all know they don't. <laughs> Great. And so, can we vote for you, or is it... Uh, oh, we can vote for you. What's your name? Do you want to say? Beaver Meadow. Beaver Meadow. Yeah. I can see why you don't want the penis one. Yeah. <laughs> so, your sexologist of the year, potentially, 
and you're called Beaver Meadow. <laughs> That's a, I mean, it's a great name. You can't argue with that. Um, listen, I don't think we're going to be able to top that. Um, so I'm going to bring on our first comedian. Are you ready? Yeah! Um, our first comedian this evening. You can hear her on the podcast Trusty Hogs with Catherine Bohart and Daddy Look at Me with Rosie Jones. She started her stand-up career in Berlin, but she's right here with us in London tonight, conveniently. Please put your hands together and give a huge guilty feminist warm welcome to the incredible Helen Bauer. <laughs> Ever. I just come out and it's rows of babes just like, fucking yes, queen, you can do it. But I say that, everyone seems happy apart from this man just looking at me like, no. This, this is our first comedian. <laughs> she is way too fuckable to be funny. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I knew it, you know, when you could just see in a guy's eyes, like, why would she have a personality with a rack like that? And look, it's fair, I'm just a crazy lucky babe with an amazing rack and glowing personality, know what I mean? Fucking yes! <laughs> okay, you know what, I'll say it. That was arguably too confident of a start from me. <laughs> a lot of caffeine today and it's like, ah! it's just look honestly I'm just going through a very confident phase of life thank you and I love how much we love it for me like, just to be clear I've always been confident it's just doubled recently basically I'm I'm in my 30s now and I'm thriving it's just like give me a cheer if you're 30 or over just so I know it's so good, isn't it? No, not 30 yet? No, how old are you? 25. 25, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you look yourself. Um, no. I'm sure you're a great girl. <laughs> I... Honestly, I don't usually think age is that big a deal, but quite frankly, that's pissed me off. I don't know why. But 25, continue to thrive. <laughs> it's just... To be clear, I like being in my 30s. It's turning 30 that's weird. You will find this out. Like, when I was turning 30, all of my friends just gathered around me. Like, oh my fucking gods. Helen. <sighs> Babe. It's happening. You're turning 30. <laughs> You're gonna love it, you will love it. Cause you are finally gonna stop caring <laughs> what people think about you. And that was supposed to be like a comfort <laughs> for me. <laughs> but just so we're all clear, I already cared <sighs> so little. <laughs> If I lose my tiny grasp of shame I have left, I will be wanking outside of M&M &M World within an hour. 
<laughs> I love how much you love this for me. Like, I gotta go, look at me, man! I will be respected by everyone here. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm, I'm turned 30, I'm the most single I've ever been in my life, and all of my free time I'm spending watching videos of weddings on YouTube. <laughs> Which sounds so tragic, I know, it's just... Like, I'm watching them in a very specific category. I'm watching them on YouTube fails. Any fans? <laughs> so good, right? <laughs> just people having the worst days of their lives. <laughs> and then put online for scum like us to enjoy. <laughs> yes, please! It's incredible. Mainly because I watched the wedding playlist. And, like, look, I've... I've never been on this podcast before, and I really... I want you all to like me a lot. I do. I just... I just really need us all to agree, as a room, that there is nothing better in the entire world than a bride's day being completely ruined. <laughs> and the light falling out of her eyes. <laughs> I'll tweet it out mainly for you two because I feel like you're into this. It's, um, it's like, it's, it's a bride on her big day. I'm assuming her name's like Lauren or something. She's basic as fuck. And she's like, you're not called Lauren, are you? You look so dead. Oh my God, thank God. What's your name? Amy. Amy. Okay, well, same thing, yeah. <laughs> Can we just appreciate that you were like, Lauren, Lord, no, Amy. <laughs> By the way... Okay, that sounded so bitchy from me. Just to be clear, I'm also basic. Look at my hoops. It's just, personally, I do identify as basic plus because I'm self-aware with it. Does that make sense? Like, I've got scented candles. Of course I do. I'm not a freak. It's just, I don't switch them out seasonally because I believe in me. I'm a bit of fun. <laughs> Amy. <laughs> I knew this bride was basic for one main reason, because she was walking down the aisle to Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> which is right, like, <laughs> like we get it, right? You're the beauty, they're the beast. Ah! Work on yourself. <laughs> As women in this country, we still don't have equal pay. And quite frankly, sometimes it feels like some women aren't trying hard enough. <laughs> It is embarrassing at this point walking down the aisle to tell as old as time. <laughs> but what was so good in this video, as she was going down the aisle, her dad stepped on her train <laughs> and outflopped a tit. <laughs> And what was so amazing is you could see in her eyes it wasn't the good one. <laughs> we know when the good one flops out. Like, obviously, we pretend to be embarrassed. It's like, oh, no. Oh, oh God, not that one. <laughs> embarrassing, but secretly, it's like, hell yeah, they're both the same. Like, which is your favourite tit, Amy? Yes! Is that because when you lick your nipple and blow on it, it wrinkles up slower? Yeah, ah, no, me neither. Ugh, like, I don't... <laughs> Just to be clear, I respect you having a favourite tit. I think everyone should have one. I know which one my one is, because I get drunk and I take it out. For attention. <laughs> Just to be clear, like, 
feel like I've made it sound like I'm just wandering around masturbating with my tip. <laughs> like I don't have a problem. I, on, I only get my tit out when I'm like crazy drunk. So it's actually super classy. <laughs> it's just... Um, <clears throat> okay, it's happening a lot at the moment. Because <laughs> I'm in a bit of a drinky phase. But I'm only drinking so much because it's one of the few things I'm genuinely good at. <laughs> You know when you're good at something, you want to show it off? And I know, I know I'm good at it, because I can currently drink three bottles of rosé wine in one sitting. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like most of us are impressed by it, apart from this guy still not clapping. Like, three bottles of wine? She can't do it. She's too thin. Correct! <laughs> Yeah, I'm a lucky woman, I've got a fast metabolism and sometimes I forget to eat. Am I right, Amy? Salad. <laughs> no! See? <laughs> now I've done that thing where I say I'm thin and I feel the need to point out to everyone at the back looking at me like, does she know? <laughs> Should we tell her? Like, just to be clear, obviously I do know I'm fat. Of course I know that. Like, I've got a mum. <laughs> She has told me several times. <laughs> Let me tell you this before I go, because, like, I genuinely, I do not mind being fat. It doesn't bother me at all, which I think is amazing, given I was raised in Britain during the noughties. That was fucking impossible. Like, you've got no idea, 25-year-old, what it was like. If I say noughties, does it ring any bells? No. <laughs> I, um, I can sum it up for you if you want. Okay. There was a time in Britain where every woman believed, and I say believed with no sense of irony, that if we ate two bowls of special care <laughs> twice a day for two weeks, we'd lose a gene size. No wonder we don't have equal pay. We don't deserve it. <laughs> We're stupid. We'll fall for anything. It was a magical time. You guys have been so, so lovely. Thank you for having me. Helen Bauer, everybody. Um, BT, before I bring on the next act, do you have any more wisdom for us? Is there, is, is there any beauty wisdom in your... You just, like, feminist wisdom that you could pass on to these feminists in the room? Have you got... Don't let the fuckers grind you down. Don't let the fuckers grind you down. Great. Thank you, BT. Um, it's sort of... That's, that's a London version of Margaret Atwood, isn't it? That's, is that someone shouting Deborah, Deborah, Deborah? It is. It, I'm so sorry. But you know these seats are empty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because her shit, because of because of childcare issues that yes. often fall to women, yes. and emotional labour that is gendered, a woman is stuck up the back who deserves to be at the front. Yes. Please welcome to the front of the auditorium, women who deserve more. Yeah. Sorry. Why? Uh, does she not know that was for her? No. Beatrice. <laughs> I, 
I'm, I'm coughing because I think I've swallowed some dust, not because I, I sound like a, a Victorian poet who's about to die in Italy. Um, all right, so Beatrice. Yay, Beatrice! Oh, isn't this a wonderful sisterly reunion on International Women's Day? Thank you. Beatrice, are you feeling better now? You're here, you're present, you're ready for the next act? Excellent. Is your child okay? Do you have He's one? with my husband. He's with your husband? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that, that's what stands for feminism in action because we don't have a lot else. Okay. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. is an incredible actor and comedian. You may have seen her on HBO's The Baby. Or, if you haven't already, you must catch her very recent set on Live at the Apollo. Please put your hands together and make incredible woohoo and guilty feminist noises for Michelle Dasworth! Hello. Are you look all right? You know what? I've got to stop mentioning the credit of the baby because no one's fucking watched it. And every time someone's like, what are your credits? I go, I say it. And then I, I hear a whole room of people go, it's brutal, man. Okay, what I want to talk about is like, do you ever get a window into someone else's life where you're like, fucking hell. So... I've got a friend who's really, really posh. And I don't mean, like, aspiring middle classes. All right, I mean proper posh. Like, the family don't have fully formed chins, right? <laughs> and I've been friends with her for over 20 years, right? Now, we used to be friends in London, and, uh, you know, she's moved back to her natural habitat because she's got two kids now, so she's moved back to the countryside. And... Um, <laughs> And she was like, Michelle, why don't you come and visit me on the family's estate? <laughs> and I was like, cool. As someone who's also grown up on an estate. <laughs> this sounds like it's going to be all right. <laughs> now, our friend group in London is super diverse. Of course, because it's London, right? Like, if you... If you live in London and you don't have a black or brown friend, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, innit? You know what I mean? Like, I went, I went out with a guy uh, once who was from Hackney, because I'm basic like that, right? <laughs> and he wasn't from Hackney, but he lived in Hackney. And, um, and, and he was, you know, like your classic Hackney guy, graphic designer, <laughs> rides a fixed bike. Goes rock climbing on the weekends. 
loves a festival. Say it ain't so. So unique. And then, and then I met his friend group and I was like, nah, man. How can you not have one black or brown friend? And you've lived in Hackney all these years. How can I be the most spice in this situation? We're gonna, we're gonna have to part ways. I should have known actually, because they'd been to Burning Man and I think that is always a sign <laughs> that someone's a bit off. Do you know what I mean? Like I've been on the dating app game for a while. If you, if you don't know what Burning Man is, it's a festival that happens in the desert in America, right? And it's like some Mad Max shit. And, uh, and, and the things about this festival is uh, you don't need money, right? But you need money to get there. You literally fly by a helicopter and then you're like, we don't use money here, we just exchange stuff. Which would never work for me because I'm a terrible planner. So on day three, I'd be giving out recipes for egg sandwiches, right? <laughs> but on dating apps, if you see, a, like, they do this test in America, right? Where, like, they, they, they've whittled it down that if you drink Dr. Pepper and you eat uh, Snickers bars, you probably vote Republican, right? And what I found on the dating apps, that if you see a picture of a guy who's been to Burning Man, he's probably a dickhead, right? <laughs> You're welcome. I've done the research for you. So anyway, I'm used to her having quite a diverse friend group. So I go to, I go to her place and um, I get out of the car, I go onto the lawn. Now, she's cool. Her sister's cool. But her mum and dad, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, the dad will always call me and be like, Michelle, I really want to have a chat with you about the political climate. And I'm like, eh. I'm going to go and have a little row around the moat. Hold that thought, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's a bit problematic, but I'm willing to overlook it because the house is so nice. <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, cool. I get out of the car and I, I was like, wow, I'm... I'm there's just like a sea of these posh white women with pashminas. I know, pashminas, like they were like superhero capes of privilege, just cha. <laughs> and they all seem like nice enough women, barefoot, you know, messy top knots, close talkers. You know those posh girls that are like, hi, I'm Tamsin, what's your name? You're like, ah! <laughs> all right. And um, we all hang out. It was lovely, actually. We all got proper smashed. We all had a great time. You know, like, smashed on that good wine as well. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You know when you've, like, you're a bottle and a half in and you think, I fucking feel all right, you know? <laughs> I'm actually good. I think I'm my best self right now. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, maybe it's because it's not Echo Falls, Michelle. That's why, right? So, we're all having a great time. We're all absolutely battered. It's about midnight. And then one of them turns around and says... Let's play Jim Connor. Oh. Oh, you know what it is. So let me tell you, right? Jim Connor, I was like, oh, Jim Connor, what is this? Now, we all go out, they all run out onto the lawn to go and play Jim Connor. What I haven't told you is that half of this group have set up bell tents on the ground because white people love sleeping outside, right? <laughs> Fucking banter. So we've got all of these bell tents outside. The ladies run out, and what Jim Carner is was these grown women pretending they were ponies. 
talking, nay, nay, obstacle course, <laughs> round the bell tent. And like, I don't know, like, look man, I'm 42 years old. Sometimes you see stuff and I was like, I'm just gonna lie down and enjoy this. And then I thought, have I found a new kink? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like at 42, I'm like, I'm kinked out, okay? Everything has got more and more niche as each year has gone on. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, listen, you pull my finger, uh, if you can blow on my ass, yeah? Oh, yeah, you over there in the corner, if you could pop balloons every couple of minutes. <laughs> so to find a new kink at this point in my life, I was like, ooh, how am I gonna recreate this? <laughs> anyway, I'm loving it. One of them pipes up and is like, I'm buttercups. My friend turns around and is like, I'm ginger snaps. I was like, is it? <laughs> anyway. Comes over to me and she was like, Michelle. And I was like, yes. She was like, what's gonna be your pony name? And I was like, yeah, nah, like. <laughs> At best, I'll be the jockey, but <laughs> there is not enough cocaine <laughs> in Great Britain to have me galloping round a bell tent. Anyway, fun times, right? We go, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning. I'm feeling a little bit smug, to be honest. Cause you know when you've witnessed someone doing some embarrassing shit, but you haven't been a part of it. You can't help but just, you know what I mean? Just, I sort of walked into the kitchen like, well, well, well. Morning ladies. But what I didn't like take into account is that that kind of level of posh, they don't feel shame, they don't give a shit. They're just like that, morning! Like, wait, what? And then I made the mistake of trying to turn off an agar. <laughs> Do you guys know what an agar is? I'd never heard of an agar before. If you don't know what an agar is, it is the, the B-day of kitchen appliances, right? It is, right? It is basically an oven that never turns off, yeah? For rich people that don't give a fuck about their carbon footprint. Because they might, they might want to make bread in the next five years. And so I ended up being humiliated, because I was like, you're right, babes, how do I turn off the oven? She was like, it's an aga. I was like, wicked, brand name, love it. How, how do I turn it off? And they were all just like, oh, fuck's sake, man. Then it all kind of came around because um, my friend turned around to me and she was like, Michelle, did you play Jim Carner last night? And I was like, I'm happy you asked. Uh, no, I didn't. And she was like, um, are you? Now, this is the thing. When you're a comic, people always say to you, they're like, are you going to put that in your set? And, yeah. and it's always at the most driest moments where they're like, ah, oh, that's probably going to go in your set. And I'm always like, no, it's not. Don't fucking rate yourself. <laughs> Do you think this dry moment is going in my set? <laughs> nah, mate. But this was on those rare moments when my friend turned around and she went, uh, Michelle, are you gonna put this in? I was like, yeah, babes. <laughs> Jim Carner is fucking going in. Um, you guys have been an absolute pleasure, thank you.
as you get home, Yen, watch it. And you will get home, by the way. I should say, that was sort of a joke about it going on long. It does. But tonight there's a show after, so we really can't. So I'm going to bring on our final act of this half. Then you're going to get an interval. In the second half, you're going to see Felicity Ward. Yeah. Uh, you're going to hear and see in conversation the incredible Ellie Dixon. Yeah. And then you're going to be released into Chinatown to do your worst. <laughs> to paint the town beige or maroon, if you're feeling fancy. Um, so in the second half, I am going to come back to you because I've decided BT's wisdom is such a wonderful thing. And I think there must be more wisdom in this audience. So if anyone else in the second half can think in the interval, if you can think of some wisdom like BT's wisdom, and we'll call this section BT's wisdom, but you don't have to be BT to play. Um, all right. I'm so excited to bring on the final act of this half. Um, she is a guilty feminist favourite. It would not... She's toured all over the world with us. It would not be an International Women's Day without her. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the one, the only, the elegant Lester legend. It's the incredible Grace Petrie! <laughs> Good evening, everybody. It's the elegant Grace Petrie. Oh, yes, please. I'll take that. Goodness me, this is the first time for everything. Are you having a wonderful evening? Yeah, I thought you would be. What a fantastic night. What a great bill. I'm having a fucking great time. Um, give me a shout if you're in love. I'm in love. Oh, fucking hell. That was contentious, wasn't it? Blimey. Sorry, guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've been in. I've been in a lot of relationships. Not to brag. <laughs> I've been in a lot of failed relationships, um, and uh, and I'm and now I'm in a relationship with somebody that I think for the first time in my life I do sort of feel like it's it's uh, it's one that's really good for me. And uh, thank you very much. And 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 I was thinking about how. Um, when I was, because I'm 35, so when I grew up and I was watching a lot of like Dawson's Creek <laughs> uh, and things like that, I, I, I was sort of fed this message by society um, that, um, you know, when you're, when you're sort of, when you meet someone and, it, and it's the love of your life, it should be sort of really kind of destabilizing and it should you know make your heart race and it should make you feel and, and, and now I'm sort of 35 and, I, and I'm like look back at all my previous relationships where I had that and I think oh that was my body giving me red flags um, <laughs> that was my nervous system <laughs> telling me I wasn't safe right um, so now I'm in love with somebody who makes me feel the opposite of that and uh, so I wrote a song about her and it goes this. It's called Thank You. <laughs> I am just adorable as well as elegant. Um, and it's called You Don't Make Me Feel Sick. <laughs> you don't make me feel sick. You settle my stomach. You're more like a miso soup than a tea cake made by Tunnock. <laughs> a sugar rush that leaves me feeling headachy and sad. You're the most fulfilling thing I've had. 
You lot. <laughs> you don't fill my chest with butterfly wings beating. You don't make me depressed or keep me up or stop me eating. You don't give me arrhythmia or symptoms of ill health. You're the most, you're the best care that I've taken of myself. <laughs> I heard that love was fireworks and electric sparks But you're not sudden painful feeling Or a loud noise in the dark Exploding smoke into my eyes to compromise my sight You're a log burner on a winter night And I get my thrills From nectar points and roasting joints And both our names on bills and seeing my phone number on your passport's inside cover In the box marked in case of emergency If lost, honey, please return to me Safe and sound, and you better make it quick Cos you don't make me feel sick <laughs> Thank you very much. Ah, oh, so um, the Glastonbury headliners were announced yesterday. Are you sure? <laughs> About that woo? I don't know. Um, no, listen, I love a bit of Arctic Monkeys and, you know, the others. Um, uh, yeah, it, but it's uh, it sort of kicked off an interesting discussion about why um, there are no female headliners of Glastonbury this year. And, uh, and I sort of was talking about it on Twitter and, uh, and uh, a man... <laughs> oh, yeah! Uh, uh, I was talking about my sort of, you know, 15-year career in music and, and the problems that I see, the structural problems with sexism in the music industry. And uh, this man was like... <laughs> and, and, so, and so what? Do you, do you think you can headline Glastonbury? And, uh... So, funnily enough, I got an email today and I am headlining Glastonbury. <laughs> no, I'm not headlining Glastonbury. But uh, I wrote a song about Glastonbury and about how, you know, one day I do indeed have aspirations for the fucking pyramid stage, man. Why shouldn't I? Manifest! Um, I was at Glastonbury, I wrote this song quite a few years ago now. Uh, I was at Glastonbury in 2014 and I got a phone call telling me that my sister had gone into labour with my niece. Sorry, I jumped in the car and I drove home and I wrote this song. My niece is called Ivy and this song is also called Ivy. And uh, it goes like this. It was Glastonbury 2014 And me and my best friend We'd had an awesome festival Then we got a call on Sunday about half past ten And it was back to the camp and it was pack up the tent And it was saying goodbye to Billy Bragg as we went And telling our 
friends that we had somewhere to be Someone so much more important than all those VIPs It was your mum on the phone that rerouted us We got a hug goodbye from Phil Jupiter's and then we drove all night from Glastonbury to meet you home When you were ready to arrive, Ivy And I drove until the sun came up to beat you home All the way up the M5, Ivy And being early for someone was a first for me But I thought my heart would burst if you got there before me And all the way home all I thought so I can't wait to tell you this story, Ivy Thanks for waiting for me And I can't wait to know the person you'll become I can't wait to hear what music that you like I can't wait to know the future as you'll make it And I wonder if I'll still be behind a mic Cause Ivy, maybe one day when you're my age Well maybe I'll be singing from that pyramid stage That once I drove all night from Glastonbury to meet you home When you were ready to arrive, Ivy I drove until the sun came up to beat you home All the way up the M5 Ivy And being early for someone was a first for me But I thought my heart would burst If you got there before me and all the way home All I thought was how I can't wait to tell you this story Ivy Thanks for waiting for me for waiting for me to arrive and let me just say thanks for not bringing labour on until Sunday night and halfway through Kasabian because who the fuck cares about Kasabian and thanks for not coming during Dolly Parton <laughs> When I say I would have driven right up the M5 To be there when you start living But I must admit that I would be sadly parting Cause how many times in life do you get to see Dolly Parton like? Not that many, I... I drove all night from Glastonbury to meet you home When you were ready to arrive, Ivy And I drove until the sun came up to beat you home All the way up the M5, Ivy And being early for someone was a first for me But I thought my heart would burst if you got before me and all the way home all I thought was how I can't wait to tell you this story Ivy 
So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now.